This podcast is an expression of the personal views and opinions of the hosts and guests, and they do not represent the official stance of the podcast, its sponsors, or affiliated organizations. The podcast may cover topics such as drugs, mental illness, politics, and religion, which can be controversial or sensitive. The podcast does not support any illegal activities and advises listeners to seek help from appropriate professionals for any personal concerns related to these topics. The information provided in the podcast is for general informational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional advice. Listeners are urged to consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any questions regarding their mental or physical health. The podcast and its creators are not responsible for any loss or harm resulting from the use or reliance on the information provided in the podcast. recording i'm on mic up what's up everyone welcome back to the street stoic podcast uh this is your co-host nate we got co-host jay on the line jay how you doing tonight living doing good man living living good yeah buddy uh and tonight we're pretty excited we have our first guest on the podcast mike Mike, how you doing? I got a lot to be thankful for, Nate. A lot to be thankful for. Yeah. So, a uh, quick little recap. Uh, last episode, we talked about the history of Stoicism. We kind of got into its founder, Zeno. Talked a little about Zenoism. Jay, I know you've been working hard on the other podcast uh, episodes. But you did get a chance to listen to the the last episode, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, I had to. I had to edit the whole thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard well, it hours and hours, but little less than the other ones, just because I felt I felt like that was it. Like I found my groove, and our continuous conversations, the back and forth. I think we're at we're at the good point now. Like there's no oh, yes. no feeling of uh, the jitters and kind of jumping around trying to figure out what do I say next. Yeah, right. Completely, completely done. So it's made oh, it yeah. much more easier to edit when I don't have to try to figure out how to remove <laughs> some of those little things that I'm like, uh, let me remove that because I don't want anybody hearing that. <laughs> right, right. Which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean. But just kind of to remove them, sometimes they just, they're kind of weird. I, I, yeah, just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, we got to yeah. remove them. Yeah, just let's make it a little, let's clean it up. That's what we, that's basically what I've been doing, just cleaning up. And it's a whole lot easier now to clean up. Right. The first yeah. two episodes. I mean, the first one was the one. And, and I love it. I love that episode. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the greatest part is, you know, we're doing this and it's a learning process. Everybody who listens get to kind of follow along with us on this journey, right? They, you know, they get to experience all these little like bumps as we do and everything. And I think that makes it better because it also translates 
uh, to what I think is our paths on this stoic philosophy. Um, you know, like just, it's never going to be perfect, right? Uh, we can always shoot for that and strive for that, but life is life, right? That's why, you know, Marcus talks about uh, the obstacle is the way. And I think it's kind of cool that we're choosing to be more open about our little, you know, let, let's fix this, but we're going to leave a lot of this learning process involved because then everybody can see like life is life, right? Like that's the whole essence of stoic philosophy is, you know, the logos, it, it just is right. Right. We're not trying yeah. to, at least this is not something that we're considering as, Oh, we need to, Clean it up and make sure that it's perfect for everybody to hear it in a perfect way. I'm just doing my best, and if I can, I will. And if I if it we can't get around to doing it, then we don't. We just push it out the way that it is it, because this is a conversation that we had with, you know, me and you talking about the things that we <laughs> you know talk about, and it is what it is. I mean, what more can we try to clean up that? And right, we can't expect it to be like perfect. That's right. okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, with that being said, Mike, did uh, for those of you that don't know, Mike, he's a buddy of mine. We work together. Uh, and like some of you who might be listening now, we kind of been uh, Jay and I've been sending out the the little pre-files for people to give us feedback on. We're, we're open to constructive criticism. And even when this goes live, uh, I know a lot of people are going to have things to say, and we are very open to that. But Mike, uh, back to what I was originally starting with, did we send you episode three to listen to? Uh, I think so. Yes. Uh, I okay. got to listen to that one. Uh, you guys are doing good work. Uh, one thing I coach, uh, youth sports, basketball and football. And yeah. one thing, especially what you guys are talking about right now, like one thing I tell them is like, you have to strive to be perfect, but be comfortable never being perfect. Yes. Right. And that's, that's exactly what you guys are talking about right now. Um, yep. And you guys just embodied that. And like, uh, I know all the feedback that I've given you, Nate, back on the, on the episodes. Uh, you've taken mm -hmm. that and you apply it. Um, that's the one thing you can control, right, is how you take that feedback. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing it. I've been seeing how it's been growing little by little. I mean, yeah. I'm spending hours, dedication. <laughs> to yeah. this because I, I see it. I know what's behind it. I see that there is something strong, like a message to push out there for people to just kind of take in. And because of that, I'm like, all right, whatever it takes. I mean, sometimes I'm spending a lot more time doing that than the stuff that you can see behind me on the screen here. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's fine. I'm completely fine with that. Like, from time to time, I'll jump in and I'll try to figure out something to do with like my art stuff. But 
Like right now, the focus here and I'm good. I'm not worried about that. That's going to be there waiting when I get back. So I'm cool. I'm good. And I'm, I'm yeah. just continuing to hammer. And what I, what, what I was got lost in my, my whole conversation here, but that uh, <laughs> I am hearing, I'm hearing people like, you know, the comments or just messaging me or direct messaging me or in other avenues, you'll see it. I'll get the whole, the feedback. Oh, you're doing really good. All this stuff is really good. That to me is, I, I'm taking it in and I'm just like, wow, it's starting to show. That's great. I'm good. I'm I'm glad that people are, are picking up on it. They're seeing the message. They're they're all we're asking is just check it out. Just look at the information that's out there. Kind of you know, sit and think about that. That's basically what I want people to do. Just sit and think about it. And if while you're <laughs> sitting and thinking about it, listen to our podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, Dad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, exactly, uh, I think it's that's what my mom. That's helps with my mom. That's what my wife has been telling me lately. <laughs> She's like, "You're acting like just like a, like an old man, like a like an old dad." I'm like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> dude, isn't that fantastic though?" We become that. I mean, that's just life. Yeah, exactly, man. I fucking love it. So uh, while we're go ahead, go ahead. I just I was saying I think that's something that I guess when you have kids, you start kind of it changes you. It definitely <laughs> yeah. changes you. I would not be That's the same sure. person. Yeah, I'm not the same person that I was before kids. Right. So there is a positive to having kids, people. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. kind of forces you to be a different person. It's yeah, crazy. definitely. Yeah, the demand increases right especially for responsibility i think that's a big one a lot of people think about might be nervous about uh but yeah um to kind of move it along a little bit uh we're talking about growth i don't think we planned this but i did want to hit on something uh <clears throat> i know in previous episodes i'm not sure which one now because we've been recording we've been talking about a little and stuff that we want to work on uh jade mentioned his was uh public speaking and i'm sure if y'all are listening that that first one to now he's made immense immense progress right like just night and day differences and it's so cool to watch and watch and listen to right uh for myself i, I want to be open with everybody too uh you know like the thing that I think I'm going to be vulnerable for a little bit because I feel like that's difficult for a lot of people to do. And I think for me, the little bit of growth that I've seen is for those of you that don't know, I'm studying business. My major is business management with a focus in entrepreneurship. And what that means is I'm going through a lot of courses and classes about how to start a company or a business and do all these things. And these are the steps you got to do. And I think to make it easier, a lot of the times, uh, courses, classes, it, it gets built into curriculum. They put out these outlines of like, this is how you should do it. And I think when you're starting a business or a podcast or whatever, your dream is you already are going to have these emotions tied to that because you're excited you're pumped you're nervous and things like that 
And so the one of the ones for me is when we started this podcast. Uh, to be honest, Jay, even though I'd been wanting to start a podcast for forever, uh, Jay pushed me to like, let's do it now. And throughout this process, I'm like, okay, let's build up like, you know, a bank of like, let's get like 26 episodes recorded and then we'll go live because like, I, I don't want to miss something or like miss post. And I'm looking at like our conversations the whole time, Jay and I back and forth and all this stuff. And I was like, man, dude, like I'm really trying to be a perfectionist right now. And something that I learned is you don't have to be freaking perfect. You don't. And Jay has been helping me deal with that. He's been the one who's pushing me like, oh, let's do this. And so we're kind of on a faster track. And immediately I felt really nervous about that. And then all of a sudden I was thinking about it. And I'm like, dude, we're doing a podcast on stoicism. And the principles of stoicism. Yeah, you laughing, buddy. The principles of stoicism says, hey, control what you can control, not what's outside of your control. And also to grow. And I was like, man, dude, I'm kind of pulling myself back. Like, I'm really putting the brakes on here. And what I realize is at the same time, I'm putting the brakes on Jay. The guy that I want the most to, you know, like to help him with his stuff too. And I'm like, dude, what kind of mother, you know, am, am I being doing this stuff? And so I, I message Jay and I'm like, bro, you know what? And I, dude, I had this beautiful message and I was like, Jay, you know, based on this uh, business uh, template, uh, we should have this much in our bank. And like, it sounds all calculated. Like I'm, I'm like Poindexter or something. And then guess what? As soon as I got that, stoic perspective like two seconds later i messaged jay and i'm like fuck it let's go live let's do this right jay you remember that okay well do it live that's what it's that's what it felt like <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and we've been we've been holding on to the first three episodes for what is it like a month and a half now kind of been passing it around so We've had kind of the leisure to not to learn the process, to learn right. how to edit. So a lot of it was recorded, and then it was like, okay, we have the audio, and then we'll figure it out. Now we're at the point of we figured it out. Now we just need to continuously keep providing the audio. So that's why we feel right. like, okay, we're good now. So we can now start put, putting it out there, and then every week try to get it out there if we can. And if we can't, then we can't. And that's okay. You, yeah. Unfortunately, there's other means of you know, hearing from us. Uh, we have the community up on Discord. Uh, there is probably going to be a link somewhere wherever this uh, episode is posted where you'll be able to check that out. Um, it's a community on Discord where I've kind of put together a bunch of channels on there with threads, particularly stuff about stoicism but then it goes into other things you know just self-motivation you know mental health stuff anything that can be of benefit to anybody i've put out there i kind of you know looked at journal uh journal articles and stuff and i'll put them in there it's all in there just for people to see because i feel like 
people don't have that. People don't go anywhere to go look for the information. So I'm kind of out of spot here. I'm like, hey, look, I got this stuff. I try not to give anything that's too like ridiculous. But then there's things where it's like, maybe give this give this a like a read, give this a watch, whatever. It could be a benefit to you. It can't. Maybe it's rubbish. However you want to treat it, but it could be of good use. I mean, right. that's that's the thing about life. I mean, if you want to self improve yourself, there's gonna be something else. If stoicism isn't probably your main thing, there's other things where stoicism kind of is has influenced. And if you need to get it from there as well, then go. I mean, I'll I'll have it there as well. You know, stuff about you know spirituality and stuff like that. That's yeah. the thing. It's the message is the message, man. Regardless of what it is and. As long as you're getting that, you you get the message, and that's good. As long as that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, we have a community. If you guys want to join, it's on Discord, and um, yeah, keep support. Heck yeah, yep. And we've already uh, we've already started to tie in uh, some of those other philosophies too. Uh, a couple of the people in the community started doing that, and I felt like. You know, as the, I don't know, I think they're called OPs in Discord. I'm not the tech guy, Jay is. But for us, we have a little bit of influence in that. So basically, I started tying in some other philosophies. It is ancient Greek uh, philosophy, but that way people can start to see like, man, this community is just for like learning. I mean, it is based around stoicism, so, like, if that's not your thing, cool. But there's also other opportunities to reach out to people about those different ideas. Like, we're not saying that one idea is better than the other. This is just what works for us. We love it's helping us better our lives. And, you know, if you find that for you and it's not stoicism, we also think that's freaking fantastic, you know? So... Yeah, there's there's so much misinformation out there, too. Right. Uh, Yep. And to have have you guys filtering all this information and getting it out there to people like it's so huge. Right. Because there's. There's just so much, so much information that you have to sort through and. uh, The fact that you guys are putting in the work to get this out to everybody is just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, that's why I do it. I mean, I've noticed it. People don't have the time. They don't have the time in the day. And, I mean, I get it. Who am I to be that person? But I feel that as far as what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, I've thought about that. Like, I've asked myself, like, why, why am I going this route? And to me, the people that I find most important are my daughters. And if I can continue this route and then show them the, what a role model is or somebody to look up to as far as somebody that's good, then I'm, I'm okay with that. And that's why I want to continue. Because if there is nothing good in the future, as far as 
people that they look up to or stuff around them is like there's nothing good like there's just nothing good to like click like cling on to as oh this is this is something good to like actually follow or listen to or whatever right right i want to be that i would like mm -hmm. to be that especially if i can have that influence on like on my daughters and i yeah. that's that's my that's one my motivation is because if there is no other good then i want to be the good that there is in the future Heck yeah. Nate and I were just talking about this at work the other day. Just talking about that. Leaving leaving something for our kids, right? Uh why we Indeed. journal. That's why we do all all we do that's why we do all of this, right? Because we want to leave something meaningful for our kids like when we're gone. Uh, and mm -hmm. how to get through hard things. Right? Yep. There's gonna be hard things. You know, you're not gonna be in kindergarten playing on a on a jungle gym your whole life right right You're, you you've got to you've got to know how to just lean into that obstacle and and yes get better from that obstacle mm -hmm. heck yeah all right well uh i just realized we're probably about 20 minutes in now uh mike let's have you because everybody already knows us uh, Jay and I, we did an introduction early on. Why don't we uh, have you introduce yourself? So basically, uh, I think for this podcast and what we're looking for, you know, we have those instructor introductions. But I think what we want to know is how you got into stoicism and like why or how it affects your life. Okay. If you're cool with sharing that. I'm 100% cool with that. Uh, I actually got introduced to Stoicism uh, before I even knew what it was. Uh, years ago, I went through um, acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT therapy, uh, for depression and anxiety. Um, and basically, what it is, is knowing that emotions and thoughts you can't really control you can't stop them right so you just have to kind of accept them um and so like directly it kind of introduced me to stoicism so un that's my like unofficial introduction um right so my official introduction though uh Nate and i were sitting in a training at work and he training was going terrible. Like nobody wanted to be in this training. It was awful. <laughs> there was like 30 people in a very small room. Uh, we're combining departments. It's like you versus us, all that stuff. Uh, and I'm sitting next to Nate. He's, he starts giving me quotes for this somewhere, right? I'm like, dude, what is that? Some good stuff. Uh, he's like, have you ever heard of the Jungle Book? Yeah, I've, my son's was my son's favorite movie, right? Um, and so he's like, um, it's this poem called "If." It's just he's telling me all these quotes. So I was like, I whatever that is, is I'm buying it. I'm drinking that Kool Aid, <laughs> right? Uh, so. 
that was my official introduction to stoicism. Um, how it affects my life. Um, really, like quite simply, it just keeps me honest. It keeps me grounded. It helps me. It motivates me to get better um, and not settle for just once I get to that pinnacle, right? I'm not going to stop. Um, and that's the real difference between when I was going through the ACT, ACT therapy and the stoicism, right? The stoicism, ACT therapy, like you get through your therapy and you're like, oh, I'm better. Uh, stoicism pushes you to move forward and continue to get better. Yes. Um, so, um, I mean, it affects my, my life in many different ways, but that's it just keeps me honest to myself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, speak of the devil here, Nate back on, and uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, planned really to have Mike on this episode. It was kind of like a last-minute thing, but I thought it actually fit because... In the last episode, we talked at the end about what this episode was going to be about. And it's about that poem by Rudyard Kipling called If. So, let's, uh, I think what we're going to do here is we're going to read the poem. We're going to read it all the way through. And then once, once we're done reading it, we're kind of going to discuss like those initial feelings. And we might even go just stanza by stanza through this poem and kind of dis discuss how they relate to Stoicism or the, the philosophy or a spirit, rather, of Stoicism. And who knows, we might uh, get into, like, application to life because I feel like that's pretty important and that's probably why most of us are using stoicism right it's how can we apply this to my life what does it do for me and i think it's awesome that this episode we have three different people on and we get to probably have three different perspectives over what these things mean so that discussion is going to be awesome and i think it's going to be great when this episode goes live everybody else can chime in throw it in the community however you want to communicate with us and we can start talking about that and you just keep evolving all together. We'll all keep learning. So without further ado, let's go ahead and read this poem. So again, this poem is by Mr. Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, 
if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all, can, all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Woo. Woo. All right. What do you guys think? Deep stuff right there. Deep stuff. Yes. I got chills. I get goosebumps every time I hear that. Dang, man, dude, it's powerful. I think for me, this, uh, the whole thing just. I, so I found this poem before I really knew about stoicism, or before I really started studying about stoicism, stoicism rather. And after learning about Stoic philosophy and embracing that and journaling and practicing, I keep coming back to this poem because I feel like it, it fully embodies kind of everything that Stoicism stands for, for me. I mean, each stanza, that's why it's those two pieces put together. It's like, you have this high and this low. And for most of us, we just think, man, I would love to be at baseline and have these peaks sometimes. But we forget, especially when we're at the peak. And we kind of talked about this in another episode. But we're in, we're, when we're at that peak, there's going to be a down. There's going to be a fall after that. And it's going to go below baseline and that looks different for everybody and embracing stoic philosophy of things just are i mean this poem does the greatest job at articulating that into words right so uh all right let's uh we want to talk about the just like a brief history of this real quick, because I think what I heard was that Rudyard Kipling wrote this to his son. Right. It was kind of inspired by different events uh, that took place beforehand, but I think he wrote it for his son. Is that right? Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, his son was yeah. fighting in World War One, World War One, and uh, 
his son actually ended up dying uh in world war one um i don't know if he his son actually got to read it though right jesus yeah he didn't end up reading that that is wow the impact that that poem has had to I guess I'm going probably into a tangent. I don't know whether this is true or not, but if it is, that's incredible that you wrote a poem for right. your son and he dies. He doesn't get to read it. But the legacy of that poem has such a deep impact on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wow. Echoes throughout time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still used for motivation for all different levels. Like you said earlier, athletes, uh, leaders, uh, world leaders use this poem for motivation. Right. I see it. Definitely see it. Yeah, that's one of the things I was coming across when I was uh, researching kind of just what this is. What is if? What is this poem about? And as i was looking up videos i would see all these different like celebrities that are reading off the the poem athletes it's yeah there's it's inspired a lot of people it's definitely something that people have looked to for an inspiration and it's there <laughs> it's there yeah it's, yeah it's deep all you got to do is listen like, listen pay attention to what those words mean and Kind of then start letting that go into your perspective and how you apply that to yourself and how that makes any sense to you. But he's saying to what is it, like 150 years ago or something close to that, right? And then it's kind yeah. of still, it's somehow still like relevant because you morph <laughs> yeah. it into your personal life and your modern time, and you're like, damn, yeah, yep. Yeah. Because it doesn't yeah. matter. It, timeless. That's, that's, yeah. There's things that are timeless. That regardless of what's happening, none of that matters right. because this is still at the core. He's exactly. at the core level of it. And he's always letting you know, I'm speaking to you from the core of reality. Always yep. remember this. In whatever situation you are in the future, always remember this. And, mm-hmm. and you know, oftentimes people say timeless and it's so cliche because I feel like when marketing really started evolving and I had to take marketing classes for business, whatever, but it, it, it started to lose its meaning, but things like this that truly are timeless, right? They're not specific to current events that, philosophical approach can be applied in a lot of different circumstances and man that is the true meaning of timeless Uh, i love it a lot of uh of what stoicism is is that it's timeless it's timeless information that you still read it now and you're like it's okay that's still like it's it's the lost understanding of our existence of hey, <laughs> yep make sure that you live your life like this because if you don't you're gonna end up losing your way 
And right. I think uh I think we're 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 doing something here with just kind of pushing this out and being like, hey, we've kind of we're we're at the point where we're losing our way and we need to kind of just navigate this a little bit more towards the middle and not too far off to the into the into the abyss is is how I see it. <laughs> right. So we're trying to steer the course. Yep. I think, you know, what stoicism and especially this poem kind of embody is finding a balance. And I think that's all any of us are looking for is, you know, you're talking about centered people. They want to be centered back to whatever zero is, right? That's that baseline we're talking about. And just in another way, balance is key. You know, that's that's what we're looking for. I mean, even if you look at like, let's say pre pre 80s, um, for parenting, often they would use something like negative reinforcement and it worked for a short period of time and it stopped working. Why? Because people get inoculated to things, right? We develop thresholds and then every time our threshold needs to be met, it gets pushed higher. Everybody know, understands that, uh, that, that route. And then what happened after the whole negative reinforcement thing? Here comes positive reinforcement, mother luckas, right? Positive reinforcement comes in, and it's like, you got to reward them. You can't be negative. That's traumatizing. And sure it is, right? Life kind of is traumatizing. That's the point of it. And guess what? The positive reinforcement only worked for a short period of time. Because, again, we developed that threshold. It was... uh focusing too much on that just letting that dictate how you raise someone not realizing that there could be a negative impact on that child and we're seeing it now (laughs) we're seeing it now and i think i think society since the dawn of society has been seeking out to be centered right we see it all the time. We see it at work. We see it in politics. We see it everywhere. Um, and the pendulum like swings so far back and forth, back and forth, trying to find that center. And we fail. Yeah. F- always fail, like, because we have to swing the other way. Right. The cool thing about stoicism, uh, it yeah. allows you to fail, pick you back up. Yes. So, and it gives you the power to pick yourself back up. Um, and I think, I think as an as a society, as mankind, yep. like needs that right. We need to pick mm-hmm. ourselves back up yep. and move forward for the better good of everybody else. Um, and that's got to start somewhere. Right? Definitely, and it's just stuff like yep. this that's uh, pushing so, that, pushing that forward. Um, I'm excited. I love this poem. I love stoicism. And I like talking with you guys. Uh, Looking back at this poem, I remember when I first heard this, I was impacted by one stanza and one stanza alone. And since then, of course, 
I could read this poem multiple times a day and a different stanza might point out to me. I think it has to do with circumstances, life events, all those different types of things. But I think we got to start somewhere. And I think if uh, you guys are okay with it, it would be cool to ask each one of us, hey, like, what's our favorite stanza from this poem? So, like, which one, when we were first reading this, what part of this poem stuck out to us the most? You know what I mean? What do you guys think? I got one. Yeah. Jay, go ahead. The part where it says, If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, that to me, the way that I kind of internalize, and before I move on to that, by the way, I, I was starting to write something here, and I want to make sure that I make this known. You said, Nate, you said, I love if, and I love stoicism, and I like talking to you guys. I'm going to make you fall in love with talking to me, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think I was trying to just... Uh... Mix up my words. I love talking to you guys. I think both of you guys know that. There you go. So yeah, uh, that that particular little stanza there it keeps me. It, it really kind of hits something in me because it lets me know that regardless of what this is that we're doing here, I'm not. I'm not. Whatever comes out of this is not to be somebody more than anybody else. Like if anything pops up from this, if we become, you know, we start growing a following of people that are into this and they like listening to this, awesome. But I am not in any sense feeling like I have to get more followers and I have to have be you know seen and be everywhere and that lets me know that regardless of how far we can go i still have to make sure that i can keep that kind of humbleness and be able to have that common touch regardless of how far we go at the bottom baseline is we know where we came from and we know what struggles we had to come through and that should still be what drives us that should not be something that should kind of be taken off, you know, kicked off to the wayside because, oh, we're a little bit popular now, or we have some money now, or we're in a better position than we were when we first started. And yeah, that was just, you know, a different perspective back then. No, no. If we, we ride this, we ride this from the beginning all the way through to whatever, you know, this comes out and we continue on because. You need to have that. You need to have that ability to not lose yourself in that, to grow into something and not just think that, oh, now I'm better than everybody else because I got a little bit more money or I got a little bit of attention and people are actually paying attention to me now. And it shouldn't be about that. It shouldn't be about gaining attention or gaining uh, money from it. If we're doing it for something what's is positive, then that's what it's about. It shouldn't be about, I need to gain more here, there, 
And that's what that's what's keeping me pretty much like when I read stuff like that, it's like a reminder of like you know, stay humble. That's that's yeah. pretty much what I'm getting from that. Stay humble. Yeah. And I think just to to kind of bring it back to what we're talking about, you're basically bringing it back to center. You're you're going back to zero and you're developing that balance. I think that that's awesome. I think a lot of people they have that in them. They like people like celebrities and all these people that have garnered all this like attention and and money and whatnot and fame i think it's still in them they just choose not to like they just ignore it like no that was just a mindset from back then you don't know how (laughs) it is here it's like right nah you the people that lifted you up to that point you're not like you're not at their level anymore like you don't have nothing in common you don't you can't even have like a conversation because all you want to talk about is your problems at the level of success where the people that knew you from before that are just like that's not how life is for us so we are losing our you know common touch so i think yeah i think that they have that that exists in everybody it's just that people just lose it and Sometimes they come back around and they figure out the errors of their ways later on in life or at some point, and some of them don't. Some of them just <laughs> continue on getting lost in that life. Yeah, Sad. for sure. You know, uh, I'm going to ask Mike next, but I, I, real quick, I just want to, while we're on the stanza, talk about the stanza. This is why I love doing this and why I like to have the different perspectives because how you explained what this part meant to you was eye-opening for me because when I read that part of this poem, it's not what I think about. But then when you're saying your interpretation of it, I'm like, man, that, that feels so real. Like, I... I get it. It's I gained a new perspective on it, and it helps me have a deeper meaning of that stanza, which is just freaking phenomenal. That's what this is, right? <clears throat> Our conversation right. of kind of reading that and then interpreting that into our perspective and then being able to talk on it. And then you hear it, and you're like, that's not what I'm hearing, but that's interesting. Because that lets yeah. you know that we are so, we're, we're individuals. Mm-hmm. We're at the, at the root of everything, right? We are one. Mm-hmm. We are one individual person who has an experience that nobody else has. Nobody else yeah. has that experience that you had. Every little moment that you had is just unique to you. And so there's going to be things that you learned how to interpret something, how to analyze something, how that makes you feel is going to be different than to somebody else. And in these kind of yeah. you know, um, formats, like this back and forth conversations, this is where you start learning this. Like people have a different of perspective, a difference of opinion that is going to contradict what you have. 
And that is okay because they are unique. They are not a collective. They're not generalized. This isn't something that is cookie cutter. You're not, you're not taking this person and saying, oh, he's exactly like this person and that person. No, they're not. They're not exactly. Right. This person can have their own opinion. And yeah, sometimes amongst a crowd, they seem to sound the same, but they're not. They're not the same. It's everyone's individual voice has a whole different perspective because even if it all has like one collective goal or message, one person might be mm -hmm. like, I'm here, I'm a part of this, but this isn't really where my whole philosophy is. This isn't where my whole you know, perspective is, but unfortunately I'm stuck here. I think a lot of people end up getting lumped into like generalizations of groups like that because Right. People just see them like that. They just see them as you're just you're part of that. And so it's like, no, no, we're we're not. <laughs> My perspective is individual. I understand that somebody else might not be able to pick that up. Like somebody else is like, oh, you are acting or saying some weird stuff. It's like, no, this is an individual's perspective. It's just that you have a perspective that you want to keep in line with everybody else. And so it feels weird to you because not everybody else is saying the same thing. That doesn't mean that I'm yeah. wrong. Exactly. Dude, and so for me, uh, dude, that explanation you just gave, I think, uh, and it's important for us to talk about that right now, especially with current events, is the what you articulated just now, I believe, is the true meaning of diversity. So many people, they hear that word diversity, and they think about cultural, racial, these specific avenues of diversity. But if you're talking about diversity as a whole, it's all-encompassing. And if you think about it, and this one's just like a little bit, hard for the brain to follow all these paths and then some people totally it clicks but diversity is individualism so each person having their own perspective and basically our own individual realities and our own experiences being open-minded or if we're talking mindset wise growth mindset versus fixed mindset we're able to have those difference differences of perspectives and still function as a community and i think dude what jay jay what you just said that was fantastic man that's the that's the essence that's the whole spirit behind diversity and i think that's what i love about you know being able to have this platform and be able to do this stuff because we get to see how somebody else has a different perspective of something that we are both looking at, and it's not always the same. Because yep. what's inside an individual's brain is completely different than what's inside of the next person. So true. We're looking at the same words at the, yes. in the same poem and coming up with different perspectives, right? Uh that the learning from other people's yes. perspectives is how how we grow. It's not something that um, 
when you disagree with somebody or somebody has a different perspective, you have a choice to either get angry and disagree and argue or curious and learn something. Right. And that's, I know one thing for me, like that's actually seeking out people that I do disagree with and have conversations or read books on people. Um, a different perspective than I and both you know both sides of your perspective they stand for something and having the curiosity of why do you under why do you stand like why do you take that stance why do you believe Mm -hmm. in what you believe in that's through lived experience right and I think Jay you said it very best like that's what makes it makes you an individual is your lived experience and by arguing with someone and disagreeing with someone when you're you're cheating yourself from not learning from it and you're exactly discrediting somebody else's lived experience and how i mean how would you exactly that's why i think we enter in a lot of conflicts right now where you know certain people are raised a certain way and in their environment it's okay that's normal, but to general society, it's like, no, it's not. Can't live that way. So how, how are they supposed to react in those situations when you're telling them you're acting not normal and what you're doing is not right for society? And it's like, it gets into like a weird attack of my perspective because you're telling you know i'm putting myself in the situation here it's not that you know i'm the person but you put putting myself in that situation i'm i think about that like i wouldn't like somebody to come and tell me like i'm what i'm doing all the time is wrong because everybody else sees it as wrong this is how (laughs) it is life this is kind of how it is to to grow up in you know sad environment or wherever it is that you know this scenario is um yeah, it's 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 a weird thing to kind of figure out like who's right and who's wrong in that situation you know of trying to enforce someone trying to tell them like you're wrong because it goes against what i my opinion or my perspective it's your perspective it's not yeah. their perspective you have to also take into their account that they have their own perspective unfortunately sometimes individuals perspectives might seem a little bit off and skewed and yeah sometimes it's that's where you can see the damage of mental health to the most part you also have to take into account that just because you see it this way doesn't mean that that person's gonna have to see it that way or that that way is the right way because you do learn from certain you know conversations especially if you're engaging in that conversation asking the questions to in a non-biased way of finding out their perspective and try to find out and learn from that and be able to then change course as to whatever it is that you maybe were trying to push as far as a narrative. You're like, Oh, never mind. This person just enlightened me on something else that I was not paying attention to or even considering. And a lot of that comes up when we have these conversations, when we're just talking and we're like, Oh, I didn't think about it that way. It just happens. It just it just uh, it just comes up naturally, and if you're engaging in a conversation, and that's part of it too, you can't you can't try to push a narrative. You can't try to enforce that you're right, you're right, and they're wrong. You have to come into <laughs> yeah. it an approach of 
Let me learn. Let me see what this person's got because I'm trying to figure this shit out myself too. And I'm, I think I'm right. Yes. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm right. That's the thing, right? <laughs> we all feel like we're right. Are we? Are we right? Don't know. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We, we can, we can, all we could do is prepare ourselves by doing the research, you know, putting <laughs> yeah. in the hard work, trying to push yourself towards whatever that outcome is because you feel like that's right. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Maybe maybe it is. It's okay, whatever yeah. the outcome is. But you can't try to put whatever back back again. What I'm trying to say is, you can't try to push the narrative. You're going to learn from these conversations if you're just engaging them more and just understand that people have their own individual perspective. And yeah, that's why I love right. This. That's why I'm loving this uh, this podcast more and more. Yes, yeah, dude. It's really, it's really an awesome journey. So when you were just talking about that, it was so mind-blowing. Dude, we've, we've talked before. I, I kind of understand your perspectives and everything. And I like, I've read this poem many times. I've read it enough to have a majority of it memorized. And like, that's how Mike started hearing me. It's like I was going through a hard time and I was starting to do some what I call neuro-linguistic programming. It's where I just start talking out loud and because I want those to be my actions and, and I got to focus on what I can control. And that was, you know, just saying this poem stuff out loud. But here's the thing. You just talked about that one stanza and then um, basically you went into further uh, talk about communication. And all I could think about is what you said in a sense was also in this poem in a different, a couple of different stanzas. So the first opening stanza, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing, there isn't blaming it on you. We covered that. And, you know, you're talking about don't push your narrative and things like that, that, and people are going to say that maybe you're wrong based on a perspective. And then I think about if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you because you feel that you're so right, right? You got to do this. You have to stay the course. But we need to make allowances for their doubting too. Are we wrong? That's your question. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, dude, this is why I love this poem. And this is why I love this platform. And having all these different perspectives, it's just fantastic. And say it, say it, say it. And you love this conversation. I love <laughs> this conversation. Mother Leckers. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Spreading so much love. All over your face. All the love, baby. We're back in the 60s. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much. Man. I don't care. I'll call myself a modern day hippie. I don't care. I'm. That's that's kind and of what. Who I feel knows like. what that yeah. means, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows yeah. what that means? That's just it's forward yeah. thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what it is. It's just yeah. a different way of trying to figure out life because whatever was, whatever I was doing before this wasn't really. I wasn't happy with it, so now I'm trying to change the course of it, and I'm. Pfft, completely happy with where things are right now so 
and that's that's yeah. the thing like like we're thinking we're, we're talking about it and i'm pretty sure it wasn't another stanza i i'm i'm comfortable where i'm at right now but i also understand that at any moment hard times can come and that's yes. that's something that i have in the back of my mind where it's like at any moment anything could happen right and how prepared mm. am i i might not prepare, right. be prepared at all like financially but the one thing that I think that I want to make sure is that I'm going to be mentally prepared, regardless of what it is, because we right. always encounter, you know, downfalls. There's going to be something, you know, somebody's going to pass away. There's going to be a terrible accident that happens, you know, natural disaster, you know, whatever ends up happening, whatever it is, a financial disaster, a collapse or whatever it is that it just seems like mm -hmm. we're heading towards. Um, everybody's bracing for that one. to be in the right yeah to be to be in the right state of mind <laughs> if in those instances that happens i think that's that's where you gain an upper hand over everyone because to be yeah. mentally prepared to know that there could potentially be some hard times coming and you just have to endure that at least I feel is, a, is is something good for me, and I'm I'm prepared. I'm mentally prepared for anything that, as far as a challenge like that, I'm not I'm not you know scared. I'm not worried that oh now all of, all of this that I have you know that I've been working on for years, and you know now I have all of these things to show that to me this is now nothing. I don't care. Like if I lose it, I lose it, and it hurts. But that's part of the journey, right? That's part of life. Yep. This type of things happen from time to time. And it just, we can't blame anybody. There's, you can't just sit and mope and just say, why me? You want to look, you know, at that point, at that moment, you want to then find God and then start telling him like, why? Why? Why you did this to me? What did I do? What was wrong? And you start want to start questioning. Things just happen in the universe that just happen. Is there a reason behind it? Maybe, maybe there is, and it sometimes feels that way. Like there is a connection with just something out there, and things just happen, right? But things just happen, and that's okay. And it's it's you're gonna have your your downfalls, you're gonna have your bad moments, and you just need to know in those instances that you're able to keep, like it says. Keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. That's where I'm at, where I'm like, okay, shit hits the fan, whatever the situation is, I need to be just stoic. <laughs> there is no yeah. other way. It's the the word, the literal definition of it when you describe somebody, I was like, oh, stoic. That's what I want to embody. Because yep. I know it. I know that there's going to be those instances. And I know that in the past, I've dealt with those instances so bad. Like, hysterically just scared, anxious. You know, I've been through, you know, I'll, I'll say it too. You know, I'll get a little personal here. Like, with a breakup in the past, you know, I freaking cried and mourned that relationship. That wasn't, that wasn't necessary. Like, it's, it's the way that you react, right? It's, it's how strong your mind is. Yeah. If your mind isn't strong, then you were not going to be able to 
handle those those situations when they come, especially the the hard ones, the 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 stressful ones, the ones that really make you emotionally feel uncomfortable. If you're not mentally prepared to understand that those things are part of life, and that mm-hmm. those things you learn from that, that that's actually what builds you and creates you into the person that you are going to become. That become is up to you. Because either you use that as fuel and become a better person, or you wallow in that and you become nothing good. And you continue to just hold on to that and you continue to not be good. Because you don't know how to mentally handle this situation. Right. So... I think I think a lot of people need that. They need to be prepared because it can come at any moment. And I'm just talking about anything in life. An accident, a financial issue now that's going to just completely crush you. It can, and it's okay. Unfortunately, life, that happens. I understand that. We get comfortable. That's the thing. And especially, I don't know if it's just in this country, we get comfortable with our life. And we just enjoy <laughs> the comfortableness of it. And it's just like, this is life. No, this is not life. Right. Living comfortable is not life. Everywhere else, we are the ones that get to have that privilege. We are fucking privileged. Yep. Everywhere else, it's not like that. And people look at us like, why are you guys complaining? What is your, how, you guys have it all. <laughs> and you guys have all these fucking problems. How? Yep. Yep. There's something, there's a problem. <laughs> there's definitely a problem that people need to evaluate because we're not heading into a good direction if we continue like this because there's not going to be a lot of people that are mentally prepared for the shit show that's, that could pop off at any minute. Yeah. Well said, well said. What up, listeners? We wanted to take a moment to express our gratitude for your support and for taking the time to tune into our podcast. We value your feedback and recommendations. We'd love to hear your stories about how stoicism or any other self-improvement practice has impacted your journey. Please send your stories or any info you'd like to share with us to thestreetstoics at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Street Stoics to stay connected and receive latest updates. If you enjoy our content, please consider subscribing, liking, and sharing with others. Thank you again for being part of our community. So, uh, I'm really liking the flow of this so far. I think this is going to be a good one. So, Mike, what what are your thoughts on this stanza? The If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. When I read that stanza, uh, mm. it brings up humility for me. Like, just being, being a leader, yeah. also being be led. You, um, the world's both. It's good, both leaders and and people that can do the work too, right? Um, this 
that particular stanza is just um, having the humility to be both, you know, a humility to um, be a leader, right? Um, I, when I think of a servant leader, I think of uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He was uh, he was our, the best leaders that we the world has ever seen. Uh, he also he will also be in the trenches with with soldiers. You know, uh, of course he was he wasn't president then, but all. Uh, you know, and those are the leaders that we look up to, and that's that's what that stands up. Me is is exactly you, you, right. If you want to lead, yeah. you, you you also have to want to do the work. You lower yourself down to, you know, your your workers in their level and understand them from where their perspective is. That's kind of how I'm getting that 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 humility of being able to say. I might have this leadership role, but that doesn't mean I'm above these people. That I am somebody that they look up to, they follow, whatever the, whatever the situation is in, in the role. But that you are still able to do the work or whatever the situation is at their level. Where you don't see yourself as above them to have to tell them how to do the things that are responsible of doing in some cases you know you can just say like in an everyday situation too like we all work in certain you know industries or whatever it is where we have a boss who we might feel is not connected to whatever's happening at the lower level and in those cases that's where this is where as a leader that person should be able to understand or be able to do the same type of work at the lowest of the low or whatever is considered the low of that particular company or you know work is so right. and, and let's say let's just say we're in an office building right and there's mm -hmm. multiple type of tiers of workers but the lowest one can probably be considered a janitor because everyone sees that as the lowest of the low for some reason the expectation would be here that the leader, the boss, and whoever should still be able to pick up a broom and still do the exact same thing if that person isn't there. And not just say, yeah. well, that's not my responsibility because that's not my job. That whole, that's right. not my job thing, that whole mentality of saying, <laughs> well, that's not my responsibility or that's not my job. That really bothers me sometimes because you limit yourself, especially where some people come into a certain job and they look at it as, okay, this is everything to me. Like, this is providing me money. This is providing my family with a place to live. And so I have to treat this as this is valuable to me. So I want to see this succeed. I want to make sure that the work that I put in is something that's going to help succeed the place that i'm in and when you see bosses that don't care like that or individuals that just tell you like that's not my job then that's really disheartening because you think you don't care about this job the way that i do you don't see it the same way like your perspective is completely different which is weird 
that I have this value to this job, but you don't want to help grow this whatever business, company, or just have a better environment just because that's not my job. Right. You're holding yourself back. Yeah. It's interesting to me, especially with what you guys are saying, what this means to you. Uh, my perspective on this stanza, right? Um, if you can talk with crowds and keep your vir virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, to me, it's like two trails to the same destination. And oftentimes we'll, we'll take, maybe it's even the same trail, but you you notice something different. I know a lot of us have probably felt like we watched a movie and it was awesome and we watched it again and we're like, oh shit, I didn't even see that, right? Like that new thing and that new perspective essentially. And that's how I initially look at the stanza. And I also feel like the stanza as a whole is a progression, right? Like, we're kind of getting into power differential because it's the the point of both pieces and if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue i think that's the beginning of obtaining power right we're first just getting that taste initially we're kind of nervous in the beginning, especially something like public speaking, right? Like I'm thinking about it literally. You're nervous and then as soon as you get good at it and you start to be able to, you know, gain feedback from the audience, you become good at it and like, okay, like now I have these people in the palm of my hands. But the whole point of that first piece is to keep your virtue. Right? Like don't don't let that change who you are and you have to remember like why was i doing this thing and that's why i love that it's followed up with or walk with kings nor lose the common touch and that's for me uh, i guess in my experience or my journey here in life is uh, in my previous job i did take a leadership role and when i became a leader initially I was like, how, how the hell do I do this? And I had to study and things. And then, you know, like I started doing good at it. And don't get me wrong. I don't think everybody freaking liked me. Uh, definitely carrying around a title. People will definitely pretend to like you. Or yeah, I don't know of a better way to say that. But. It's interesting. It's interesting what a title what that difference or sorry the difference that a title makes as far as somebody's perspective or their opinion about you because i got to see right. that as somebody who worked as a regular i mean i'll i'll be honest about it i guess i could tell people i mean i worked in security for way too long that i don't even want to say <laughs> <laughs> right and i've worked at it in many different levels but eventually i got to you know with my own personal education that I have was able to go into more of manager roles and supervisor roles. So I did that for a couple of years and the difference 
that there is in that role is incredible because right. you have people that will look at you as the authoritary person, as mm-hmm. the person that's trying to get them in trouble. And it's right. like, I'm not. I just want to make sure you're doing your job correctly. So people start slacking, doing stuff they're not supposed to. And so because you are the one that are having to mediate and say, hey, you're not supposed to be doing these things like this, or you need to follow the SOP. Unfortunately, I know that there's you know, gray areas, but the book says it like this. So if it doesn't follow that, then you're in trouble. Then right. you're the bad guy because your title is now looked at as, you know, you're just trying to tell me I'm wrong. You're just right. trying to pick on me. You're just trying to nitpick on this and this and that. It's like, no. Just trying to yeah. help you look better, but you're choosing not to. And yep. in those instances, you don't win because just the fact that you have that title, their opinion about you already changes. And it's sad because right, you're not allowing for that person to kind of demonstrate to you that they're not that type of person. And I've had to do that. I mean, I've had to go against that, like had encountered that where initially it was just, it was them versus us. That was their mentality. As far as we are the mat, we're the upper manager or we're not upper manager, but we're like above them. And in a sense above them, but we have to work with them and them being officers. They see it as, there's a division and it's like, no, we don't have, we're, I'm just, we're trying to coexist here. We're trying to get the job done. I know that I have a bigger role cause I've worked here long enough, proven myself to a certain degree that I know what the requirements of these jobs are. And I know how to make it function without falling apart. If somebody that's not a leader isn't here, that's why I was chosen for this position. So I'm, that's why I'm doing it. It's not because now I want to have authority over you or because I want to tell you, you know, this or this or that. A lot of times people, people do get into those roles and that's unfortunate, but that's back again about the individualism, right? Every individual is different. Not everybody that assumes the, the, assumes the role is going to be the same. Some people let that shit get to their head and that that's unfortunate. And there's going to be cases too where there's people that fill in, they fall into those roles, and unfortunately, they have to backtrack. They actually have to go opposite. They have to prove that yeah. they are good, that they are actually trying to work with the person, that they are trying to reason, they're trying to have a better understanding. And that's kind of the approach. That's what this is about being able to have that common touch with these people, you know, whomever these, these people are. And I know that's kind of sounds kind of like beneath or derogatory, and I'm not trying to insinuate anything like that. It's just the way that I could describe it here. You know, it's right. other people that work with you. You know, you're, you're, you coexist with them in an environment of working. Um, right. Get down to that level and be able to work with them and understand them. That's important, man. And some people don't. They lose it, or it, it, or they, the people that are, you know, under, not at those leadership roles, have 
formed their negative opinions as to those roles, and they make it harder for those individuals. Definitely. And, you know, for me, this, this next piece, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, that's being in that power differential role, like where you're saying you're kind of up here and your people are lower than you. That's one perspective that I think a lot of people have just based on life experience because it's pretty common. However, it reminds me of, I saw a meme a long time ago and it was two pictures slightly different. And one of them, it was like boss and it showed this person. It's just a stick figure in a chair and it was whipping these people in front of it. And these people were pulling the boss forward. That was the the essence of the first picture. And the second picture said leader. And it shows the leader in front of the people. And they're all holding on to those same ropes. And the leader is pulling everyone forward. They're out in front of the person. Yeah, you're, you pulled up that picture. Hopefully we can add that in someday. That leader is not on the the pedestal they're out in front and they're pulling everybody together and for me the second piece or walk with kings nor lose come in touch it's a guideline to be a leader some people say it's you know uh we need autonomy i like to say that we need ownership and the leader right uh in jay in our experience we used to talk about it like get off your high horse when we were talking about certain people or or come off the pedestal and with mike we talk about the ivory tower uh people should come down from the ivory tower and i know everybody listening we've all experienced something similar to that or at least understand or have experienced that for me this piece is a guideline to give people autonomy and give them ownership right just because you have this power doesn't mean there has to be that thing where people are envisioning that perspective of you looking down on everybody. I like to think of it as like flat. We're all side by side, right? Uh, you know, you shouldn't. We oftentimes power can corrupt people, right? Like that's a pretty common thing that a lot of people hear and it does power money. Those types of things, you know, can corrupt any individual because it feels good. Also, usually in the beginning, depends on the person. So this is not for everybody, but usually in the beginning, when somebody gets put in a leadership role, there's nervousness. And there's fright and stuff because you don't want to mess up. The spotlight's on you. You have more responsibility. Same thing as like becoming a parent, right? You just have this overwhelming uh, shift in responsibility. You know, in a, a career setting, you're more responsible for other people, you know, that you work with, your subordinates, whatever you want to call them, your team. And as a parent, it would be you're responsible for this human being you just created, and you have to like mold them and stuff like that. However, you shouldn't be so stuck on, I have to know everything and I have to do everything perfect. And we all know if you ask 
10 people, let's just fictitiously say, if I ask 10 people to come up with an idea for doesn't matter what task, you know, we can come up with, these 10 people, there's going to be a lot of what everybody would consider a bad idea, right? There's going to be a lot of bad ideas out there. It doesn't mean that as a leader, you have to be the one to come in and be like, I'm going to make sure this show runs perfect. We're going to do it my way. Because then no matter what, like there's a big chance that it could fail because failure is part of success. I think what helps and what this guiding principle to me is, is we have to involve those other people. And if there's a power differential, if people are saying, oh, come off your high horse, come down from the ivory tower and stuff like that, it probably means you're maybe a perfectionist or you feel a lot of pressure that things have to be done correctly, uh, those different types of things. And if you can just talk with those people, your subordinates or your team, whatever that looks like for you, talk with those people, brainstorm brainstorm some ideas, more than likely you're going to get some good stuff in there and people will be more willing to do whatever the task is if they had a little piece of creating the solution to the problem. Yeah, I mean, we want... We want the autonomy, ownership, whatever. If somebody comes to you and they says, Nate, this is uh, the problem we have and this is the solution we're going to do and that's the way it is. You're like, whoa, shit, I didn't even know that was a problem. Or maybe you did. And then you're like, crap, I, I guess that's what we're doing because I'm being paid and I have to do that. And then this person with a title who's above me is saying it. Or if you're in that leadership role, you have a problem and you say, okay, awesome. This is an opportunity to do a lot of different things. You take that problem, you go to your team, those people working beside you, and you say, hey, guys, girls, whatever, people, we have this problem. What do you all think? How could we overcome this hurdle? How could we overcome this obstacle? And start brainstorming those ideas and, you know, put it together, map it out, hash it out with everybody. Okay, this looks pretty good and execute on that. People are going to put their heart and souls into it when they had a little piece of the pie, when they helped develop it. And you get that power struggle and power differential by sitting in your office or on that ivory tower on your high horse on that pedestal and never talking with anybody else that's that's what i think about that stanza yeah you lose that that perspective or that touch with that environment or that that level of work whatever that work is you lose that a lot of a lot of times you there might be some sort of comp whatever work scenario where it might work a couple of years and people might see you actually progress within it's up to that person in that situation to be able to still have that correlation and be able to have that touch with these you know 
other employees that work there that were just co-workers with this person before to know that right i understand that this person is x y z whatever the situation is in you know in this type of scenario uh, or situation this person might react this way or this person actually has a better understanding of what this type of work is let me go and grab that person and get their opinion as to what the solution is that we're trying to come up with getting people right. involved that actually will be affected by this so that they have you have their perspective their opinion to know how does this improve your work how does this thing make things better is this going to complicate anything that you got going on already all of those things can be figured out at that moment where you're communicating with everybody below and are able to tell, ask their input and know what the situation is. And then, yeah, like you said, everyone then plays a part of the solution. That feels great when you know that the contribution that you put in helped in whatever this is, right. you know, in the scenario. And that's that that that's the type of things we should find to be prideful of, to right. to just have had the contribution, not to get recognition for it, not to be, you know, oh, this is all because of him, you know, this is all of this is because of the hard work of this. No, it shouldn't. It's all because of the contribution of you know everybody that it took, because it should take everybody's contribution to try to get that, especially in a in a situation or a, or a scenario work environment where there's multiple and yeah i know that there's different scenarios different cases you know and can't really do that when you have thousands or hundreds of employees or whatever but right maybe get their opinion or a handful or have them figure like some sort of system where there's still somebody in touch with just that just floor level employee and get their perspective of what it is like to work for this company and what they feel might be actually better or benefit for the company. Right. That's that's yeah. what I think a lot of places are missing, where it's like, we need to have an understanding of what everybody feels like working here so that we can then yep. try to consider all of that while we try to make improvements or updates or whatever it is, the situation. All right. So... I think you know what I'm going to ask you, but which stanza stuck out to you the most when you first read this poem? Uh, the stanza that stuck out to me the most, uh, the, the one that said, uh, if you can take one heap of all your winnings and risk it at one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word of your loss. Uh, it reminds me, that's a good one, yes. right? Uh, it reminds me of an Epictetus quote. Epictetus quote, uh, suffering arises from trying to control what is uncontrollable or from neglecting what is within our power. So, I've lost count of how many times I've uh, been so upset about what I've lost or what has happened to me that I forget to move forward or to get better, right? Um, and I just keep dwelling on what 
what I did wrong, right? I'm so upset um, that I lost all of my winnings playing one dumb game of heap and toss. Um, and I just keep beating myself over that, that, um, and I'm so focused on the consequences of losing that game of heap and toss. Uh, and what I, what I forget is that I can't, I can't control what those consequences are. Right. Um, but, but what I can control is starting over to rebuild my winnings um and it was a journey to build my my winnings up in the the first part right to 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 get all my winnings uh but this time after i lost them all i have an opportunity now to make to to come back exponentially to come back even even better than what i did before right and so that um it's uh the the control we always focus on or the, our brain wants to automatically go to what we can't control right and what we can't control is and we get so upset about the consequences and we lose sight on the fact that we have now an yes. opportunity to get better to uh double what we had before instead of losing everything that we had jay yeah if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss, what you thinking? Kind of like what Mike was saying, right? You don't have no control over certain things and that kind of upsets you because it changes the course of things that you had of planned out that's kind of what i uh, that comes to mind when i read that where it's like you could encounter a situation where something that you work on produce you know you push out there it might fail it might not might not get a passing grade for it. It might not be good enough. Um, and not and not let that bring you down, right? Like failure comes. Like that's part. Sometimes for some people, it's just recurring, and you have to be able to take those and keep going because those are the moments that'll crush you if you continue to just let them consume you because you feel like you're a failure at something like you can't accomplish something it's not it's not that it's just that things happen like that and you now do is you learn from from that uh that experience you learn from that particular situation and you grow that's all that that's all that those moments are and we're earlier when we were asking Mike about you know how he practices or how you know his how what what our daily you know stoicism you know practices or whatever it is that we need to do to kind of remind us every day that you know okay live for today be grounded be centered whatever it is right 
For me, it's always, it's always, you know, Amor Fati. You know, it's, it's both of them. Memento Mori and Amor Fati. It, it, it always comes up. So in my head, I always tell myself, this is a bad situation that pops up, something that I don't like, something that's not favorable, something that's stressful, something that can maybe aggravates me, something that I don't, I don't like that this is happening. Amor Fati. That's exactly fate. Like it just it is what it is. Some and it sucks, but it is what it is. And you can't go back and change that. You can now just learn from that experience and try to yep. figure out how to avoid it if you can. But don't get caught up in the fact that it happened or it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to. Or that you failed at something and that now, you know, you are just a failure. No, it's just that at that moment, fate wasn't there because you probably weren't prepared for this or that or you didn't consider this or something, right? But instead of being caught up in that, just take it all in as what happened and Look at it as uh, what I'm what I'm kind of seeing in my head is a notebook, right? You're on a piece of paper with just a bunch of scribbles and in the next page, man. You know what you messed up on that on that last page. So now try doing it again. Now with, right. with your understanding of what it is to mess up you did on that last page. Now you're going to try to avoid it when you come around that moment. That's all you do. You find those things to improve yourself from, even if they're failures. Failures are only failures yep. because you consider them failures, but those are just experiences that you have that you learn from. And they suck sometimes. They don't work out. But you learn from them, and then you try to then figure out the next step. The next step is whatever yep. it is that you make it because you've learned that. This happened this way, and whatever the situation was and how it made you feel at the mo- at the time was what it made you feel at the time. That's not right. how you should continue feeling, just because you you know you don't like the results. It sucks sometimes. Yeah. It just happens. It happens, and you have to move on. You have to move on. And right. if you move on, then try to move on with that understanding of what happened and how to improve or use that as fuel as that's i love calling it that just turn that around into fuel for your motivation to become something better or to do something better produce something better you know whatever it is that 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 the scenario is right just right take take whatever you want to consider failure and turn that failure into fuel for motivation to be better than that, to avoid failing in that same type of instant. You might fail again, and you continue to do it until one day it might hit. One day, right? And that's, that's the hope right. that you should at least live with, that at some point, something's going to click, something's going to give in, so you're going to get that perfect thing that everyone is going to love or that you're that you're going to love 
whatever it is, just yep. keep going. Just keep going. Like, don't don't let a failure stop you. Don't let a failure just hold you down in that place. Just keep moving. Keep going. Right. And you know, for me, uh, looking at this, initially when I read this, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and I'm just going to stop right there because that's where my brain stopped when I initially read it. And I was like, who in the right mind would freaking take everything they have and put it into this one thing? Because that's risky, right? If if you're thinking about things logically, you're probably just going to maybe not take everything and have a little bit of something just in case. However, I don't think that's what he's promoting here. I don't think he's saying take everything and put it into this one thing and be okay with failing. I do think he is saying be okay with failing because as we know, failure is part of success, right? But I think what he's talking about is there's times for most of us when we weren't in the right mind and or circumstances, events happen where we might be we think we're forced to put everything we have into this one thing, right? Whether it be something from life, stressors, whatever. And when we do that and there's a failure to it, right? That's when we have to be okay with stooping back down and rebuilding with our worn out tools because we gave it everything. And, you know, you were talking about, fin about financial stuff earlier. It, I mean, that's a big part of life, especially as an adult. You put everything you can into, you know, your house or your rent, whatever that is, your car, whatever things that we have to invest into. And sometimes life will just throw a wrench right into your mix and you're like what yep. the fuck and you fall flat on your face and it happens mm -hmm. that's part of life that's the obstacle right and i think the point here is saying like sometimes life's gonna force us to take one heap of our winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss because that's basically what i see in that is you're trying to keep your fucking head above the fucking surface of the water. You do not want to drown. But I think where it carries out, right? And lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. There might be a time when your head goes underwater. That's okay. Keep fighting to get your head back above water. And when it happens mm -hmm. and you survive... Don't go running your mouth like, man, I was in that water for like 1,600 hours and, you know, I fucking crushed it or whatever. Because now, whether you're embellishing or not, you're you're only talking about one side of it and you shouldn't just be talking about it at all. It's like, it was just part of life. It just was. And guess what? Whatever your perspective of that event was, it's not going to be everybody else's. Two people can go through the same event and come out of it with different perspectives, different trauma, different experience, different learning opportunities. Because we're so diverse. 
And I think that's mm-hmm. what we're getting at here. If you can take one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss is I think about this quote and I don't remember who said it. So maybe Jay's going to pull it up because he's fancy like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm counting on you. Uh, but it talks about <laughs> never be heard complaining, not even to yourself. And I want to say it was Marcus. I want to say that we talked sure. about this last episode. <laughs> what did we? We might have. Yes. We might have talked. <laughs> you did. Yeah, it was Marcus. It and was again, Marcus. pretty sure you did. I'm not. I'm human, so I forget. <laughs> it was Marcus. That sounds really yeah. familiar. It was Marcus. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, never be heard complaining, not even to yourself. We've been talking about hard times and different power differential struggles, things like that. And I think that's really what this is talking about is we're all going through stuff. But guess what? If 70 to 80% of human conversation is negative or about complaining, how do you change that? That's the question is how do you change that? And I think Rudyard Kipling and Marcus Aurelius and probably other philosophers have an idea or a a theory that turned into a philosophy of how to change that. And it's don't complain, not even to yourself, because as soon as you start thinking it, next thing you know, you're going to be saying it Mm -hmm. to your friends, to your dog, to your family, to your team, whoever. And then what's their perspective of you going to be? And how does that affect who you're going to be tomorrow or moving forward? I think that that whole pairing, Mike, that you just chose is really about growth mindset. What do you think? And the interesting thing that you just said, Nate, was... uh, whole reason that Kipling became a poet was because of his lived experience. It was his outlet. He used it to create beautiful stories. Think that uh, he wrote his stories off of his lived experiences. This poem is just another fact of that. Um, he, he was born in India under British rule, got shipped to England to be quote-unquote refined, was abused by his foster parents, uh, and he came to India, decided he wanted to meet Mark Twain. That was his quest to get to America, and he ended up on Mark Twain's doorstep uh, writing and it just talked about writing and like these beautiful stories, beautiful poems. Wrote the Jungle Book, and he used it. He used it to create right. these things for uh, for people to get better, right, and for people to enjoy. The the crime, Baba Black Sheep. Kipling wrote that. 
and that was all about his the abuse wow. he sustained from his foster parents <gasps> that, that when he was farmed from to England. Dude, yeah. Wow. We're still that singing that blowing. today. Damn. Right? Mind blown. I was if he had never had been sent to England and experienced right. that abuse that he was that he was put yep. through, we wouldn't have that poem. So he used it. He used it to fuel his soul. And yes. His poetry was was his outlet. It's exactly exactly what you're talking about there, right? We can we can either use our situation and struggles to continue to to control us, or we can control them and use them as fuel to create right things for for people that could yeah. last the yep. life lifetimes. I love it plural lifetime man dude that's <laughs> right? awesome because i didn't know that and i know jay is all doing the mind blown thing and dude that's exactly what it did i had no idea and it's it's beautiful and cool. i think it's it's what, what was that jay that was that's yeah it is it's beautiful to to find out information like that that you know a little bit of because we know the Jungle Book, we know these songs, but we don't know the backstories of these things, right? Like, we don't know right. who wrote them, what's the story about these people, and why or what happened in their life that led them to developing this type of story. Everyone's just, everyone's perspective or whatever it is that they love about it is that particular spot, right? Like, in this case, it's the Jungle Book, and that's all, like. Everyone only knows right. the jungle, but they don't know the director or the person that wrote the book and what his whole, in essence, legacy that he had or left. And that's right. That the, these are the instances where I'm like, that's where it's a kind of like even now, right? The same thing, the reality of what it is. It's we're so caught up in what certain things look like you know, at the surface, but we don't want to go below that or, or to the root to find out what produced that, what developed that, what was it that eventually led to that outcome of what you fall in love with. People just care about the right. final product, not realize yes. that there's the whole yes. journey that led to that final product. Yeah. What were the different catalysts and cataclysms that brought us to this point? And for me, it's learning that especially is both beautiful. That final prod product, right, is beautiful and then tragic simultaneously because you're you're now understanding all those difficult times that kind of influenced, uh, you know, Baba Black Sheep or... Uh, the Jungle Book, and thinking about that, it's that new perspective, and now you have that tragic side too. And it's it's weird to talk about things and consider them both beautiful and tragic at the same time. And it kind of leads me into my favorite stanza, the one that spoke out to me when I first heard this poem, 
which is if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. So I first heard this poem. I heard that piece a lot. Like for whatever reason, my mind blocked out everything else I heard, and the only thing I took away from it was if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. And I was like, holy crap, that's freaking deep. Because triumph, right? When we're at the pinnacle, when we're at the tip of the spear, it's hard to think about the rough times. It's hard to even think about how you got there. Right. And all the effort and stuff it took to to get to the top. But you got to remember, you, you probably had a low before. And probably shortly after you might you might get another low. And. What Rudyard, uh, Mr. Kipling points out is they're both imposters and you need to treat them the same way. And how I take that is imposters, right? I think about time, this human construct of time. It's how we measure things. Both triumph being at the top and both disaster being at the bottom, the lowest of the low, you, you hit rock bottom. They are imposters if you look at it from the perspective of time. And I know the Stoics believe this too shall pass, right? So those things are going to pass. And if you get to the top and you think I've made it, you're going to hit rock bottom afterwards, right? Because either way, you're going to start to come down. But if you think like, dude, I've made it, this is it, and I'm not working hard anymore because this I'm done, you're going to fall, right? And then the other side of that is a lot of the time some of us experience rock bottom and more than likely it's unexpected. And we hit this rock bottom and we're like, there's there's no way out of this. But it's an imposter as well. For both triumph and disaster, it doesn't matter if you're on top or you're on bottom, you need to keep moving forward keep pushing on because success that's what i think of when i hear triumph i hear triumph and i'm like okay that's success right success is not something that you just get and keep it's something you have to earn day in and day out so if you want to get to another success or you want to keep that stride a little bit higher and not go so low, you've got to keep working. You've got to keep pushing. Okay, I made it this far. What's the next step? How do I get there? Uh, kind of like what Mike's uh, favorite stanza was. Okay, now what tools do I need? Let's start uh, getting the things I need, materials I need together to start moving forward. We got to start building. Right. Just as much as when we're in low, in that low, rather, 
we have to work to get out of that low. So either way, there's work to be done. And we're all humans. We're here to do work. Earlier, I think we were talking about uh, how we're creatures of comfort. We like things to be easy. Our brains love efficiency. But guess what? Struggle is fucking good. We need struggle. And you know what? So no one's surprised, because I'm pretty sure they're not surprised anyways, but just to make sure nobody's surprised, we are both the sculptor, the sculptor, rather, and the marble. So when you're working on yourself, it's going to be painful. You get a little bit of success, keep going. Because there's still going to be pain. And if you want to get farther, you want to get higher, you want more success, it's going to be painful. And when you fail, guess what? You got work ahead of you. It's still work and it's still going to be painful. You can't change your circumstances or your situation, but you can change how you think of those things. You can change who you are. Maybe you don't need a new set of circumstances, you just need to be a different person. And I think I might have gotten that from a stoic quote, I'm not sure, but uh, we've been studying this stuff a lot lately, I've been journaling about a lot of stuff, but man, it's so true, it's so true. What do you guys think? I know this one uh, means means something deep down to you. I mean, you told us a story about it last week or last episode um, where where you spoke on that particular piece, right? And, and it's true. Like, those, those two instances are the, the complete opposites, but they're the exact same thing where you end up in situations, one being a negative one, let's say a depressive one, uh, something that you couldn't control the outcome of, and now you're wallowing over it. And you think that in this particular situation, you're stuck. Like, there is no way to fix this. There's no way outcome. There's nothing to better improve this. There is no solution. You get stuck in those type of mentalities, those imposter mentalities that make you, it it falsely makes you believe that that situation is forever. That is going to continue to be how things will be for the rest of your existing life. That's not true. It's not true. And it's okay to, grieve it's okay to have those instances where you're affected by this because we're human we we have emotions there's just the the ability is what's missing in a lot of people of being able to find that center and be able to say okay i can't fix this but i can just try to figure out 
how to you know improve it you know the incident happened whatever it is a situation now i just need to figure out how to move on from this how to you know course from this and move away from the situation the opposite is like you said getting to that comfortable level where you're you feel like oh i struggled all my life and now i'm here now i'm where i want to be i'm in the position where i need to be and to think that that's going to stay like that forever that's an imposter as well an imposter that's a to to have you think that it's always going to be this good that's it like You've reached the last level and you're just going to coast the rest of your life thinking that nobody's going to come and try to knock you off that, that, that whatever step that you're in in life. Life right. just throws stuff at you and you're just going to have to understand that that's life and that's part of the journey. And sometimes it brings you down and you just need to figure out how to pick yourself up from there and not not feel like you're above everything because it's never going to happen. I mean, you just need to be be humble, be you know, have that humility to to understand that. Yeah, right now I'm doing good. But maybe yeah. in down the road something's going something can happen and I'm not I'm not going to be doing good. But right. mentally I'm mm -hmm. going to be trying to keep myself in a good place because I can't do anything about the situation sometimes you know it is what it is you know yep but this shall pass this shall yep. pass yeah and that's really the only way to change circumstance right is to definitely lean into the obstacle uh or just to move forward the we have to we we have to to hit rock bottom um and and move yep. move past the past the circumstance circumstance may suck right but we we have to get through it <laughs> it's it's not going to be fun <laughs> it's not going to be you know in order to get to move on and get better um have to lean into the obstacle you know that's that's my my biggest thing is just uh if it's hard and not easy that's probably that's uh that's probably the way the way that we should go <laughs> is is the hard route not not the easy route uh and, and I think this stanza really embodies that. Um, you, you know, being triumphant and uh, and meeting meeting it with uh, disaster at the the same thing. Um, really, they are the same thing because if we if we stay at in a disaster miserable right but the second that we're triumphant and we think that we've made it and we've reached it we're not 
we're not gonna we're not gonna get better, right? We're not gonna move forward. So uh, this is that 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 stanza is a really powerful stanza for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, triumph and disaster. Treat the man. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I already talked about this and talked about it the one of the other episodes. It's I mean, they're both imposters, man. We just got to remember that. We got to remember um we got to remember memento mori and amor fate. Carp DM, right? All those different things. Those are our guiding principles to just keep pushing on. Keep pushing on. Well, uh, yeah. I think uh, this went, this episode went pretty good so far. Um, I mean, we didn't get through the whole poem. We referenced a lot of it, and we referenced our favorite parts. Uh, what do you? How are you guys feeling after this? Now we could talk all night on this poem for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's deep. There's... I think I think if we wanted to, if if it was up to us, we could uh, probably continue on breaking it down, you know, piece by piece. But some of us have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, good point. Good point. So, uh, I think for now, let's uh, let's consider this a wrap. Uh, I think, you know, definitely we put this poem out there in the community, and those who are going to listen to it, you can join the community, reach out through comments, things like that. We can discuss it further. We should be available to do that as well. We love having those discussions with an open mind respectful and we get to learn those differences in opinion and it's so beautiful and they're just more tools for our toolboxes so i yeah yeah i I just want to sorry sorry yeah yeah, yeah. over you um i like this i like this whole uh in an episode with three people it's comfortable we didn't really step on each other as as much as i thought we would have i like the flow of it um mike you brought in some good perspectives and some of the information you brought in were pretty helpful i mean the the background stories on on kipling i mean you did you had a lot of good information on that that's good stuff and that's you know nate came to me was it maybe even yesterday the day before and told me like oh i have this guy my my friend coworker that you know he's also into stoicism and you know he he's really into the the poem if i want to kind of bring him in for to kind of go over the poem and his perspective and i'm just like okay give it a shot i mean <laughs> that's all that's all that's you know what's what we're here for right to hear out other people's perspectives especially if it's regarding something that we're already you know that's what this the whole podcast is about right stoicism and anything that's self-motivating and you guys are already working in some something sort of similar to that in the field that you guys do as far as you know motivating people and why not i mean and mm-hmm. and that's that's the risk that i that that and it wasn't really a risk it was just you know 
take that opportunity, take that, you know, chance of just saying, all right, I'll give it a shot. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this, I love this episode. <laughs> Another one that I'm definitely going to feel <laughs> real happy about pushing out there eventually. Sure. I, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Uh, always like to, like to share my experience and my perspective. And like, like you said, it's, uh, without a without taking a risk we don't we don't know what what good things we can take or accomplish so uh no problem happy to, no, to give I'm my input sure and thank you, on you again, again for for having me on there we go all righty folks we're gonna say that's a wrap for this episode it's next episode we're gonna discuss ego uh so if you're interested in doing any kind of like research or anything beforehand, you could probably start looking into what the Stoics have to say about ego. There is also some great books out there. Uh, Ryan Holiday is one of the biggest uh, current like modern guys on Stoicism. Uh, I know he's got a book out there called uh, Ego is the Enemy, I believe. Don't quote me on that, uh, but that's a great one. And basically, he just references a lot of uh, what the Stoics had to say. However, if you're like us and you like doing that individualized research, whether that be YouTube videos, Googleage, uh, reading, you know, the actual physical books, audiobooks, whatever, there is tons of stuff the Stoics and other philosophers have to say on ego. And don't even be so surrounded by like just stoicism like that's a great starting point but like stoic philosophy as we talked about in the last episode came from other philosophies right like tied to it is cynicism and all these different other uh different types of philosophies uh recently i've been studying uh shoot the plutarch if i'm pronouncing it right um either way uh, I wanted to hear you. I wanted to hear you pronounce that word because I saw you share that quote. And I'm like, how yeah. The hell do you pronounce that? Plut Plutarch. That's yeah. P L U T A R C H. Plutarch. Yes. La. Plutarch. I'm okay. not sure to be honest, and it's not like we could probably call Tarch. him up and ask him, like, "Hey, bro, how do you pronounce your name?" Because guess what? He's not around anymore. I'm sure, yeah, I see what you're doing. You're looking for that Google, seeing if there's a little audio thing that says how to pronounce it. How do you know that Google knows? Google didn't ask him. <laughs> or maybe exactly. Google has a time machine. Does Google have a time machine? Yeah, Google does know. Dang. Google knows everything. Anyways, yeah, so I've been saying yep, different they uh, do. things. But yeah, just mm -hmm. next topic we're going to cover is ego. Go out there, do your homework, do your research, or just wait till the next episode and see what us, uh, what uh, what we like to talk about. See how we discuss it, and hopefully, we'll start getting the community involved in some of this and getting some different ideas out there. And uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. I look forward to seeing everybody, or uh, I guess not seeing because we're not doing videos yet but I, I look forward to uh talking with you guys and yeah looking forward to the feedback thank actually you. sounds like a good idea right having kind of these sort of 
video chats, I would say, with other people on here on Discord. That'd probably be a good thing to do later on. Have anybody come oh, on yeah. there and just have maybe even record them as maybe as episodes or just like a companion to an episode or something or just have that available for everyone to kind of just see. That's probably something right. else to throw out there, maybe like on the uh, YouTube or something. Yep, definitely. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Later. Peace and much love Peace. to you. <laughs>